This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. This episode of This Week in Wealth is sponsored by Alpha Wealth Group. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered advisor, WGN Radio, and RWA are not affiliated. Here's WGN Radio's Elise Glink and Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino. Good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I am a WGN Radio talk show host, the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness technology company, and a syndicated columnist. And I'm Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicagoland area. All right, so pull out a paper and pen. We're going to have some great information for you this week. It's been a tough week, a little bit of a roller coaster Mm -hmm. out there. So we're going to talk about that. If you want to ask Tom a question, we had a whole bunch of people call in the last couple of weeks. 630-934-1855, or you can always go to alphawealthgroup.com. Or as somebody found out this week, you can uh, find me on Twitter and send me an email there. So, but it can only be like 180 characters. Yeah. Um, so, Tom, um, big yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Big <laughs> we year. Just a, such a big year. Oh, my uh-huh. goodness. So, inflation came in hotter than expected. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody who'd been listening to uh, Jerome Powell would have expected anything else, but apparently most economists thought we were going to be in better shape than we are. Mm-hmm. Inflation uh, year over year, 8.3%, even as gas prices have fallen for the past 13 weeks. You know, Wednesday, the market didn't react particularly well to that news. Uh, it it was at one point during the day, dropping almost a 1,000 points for the Dow. Mm-hmm. So by now, next week, this coming week, everybody's expecting the Fed to raise interest rates at least 75 basis points, or three quarters of a percent. And I'm starting to hear noise. I was at a conference last week at a dinner with um, consumer lenders, and I was hearing noise about how the buy now, pay later companies like Klarna, Afterpay, and Affirm are looking at maybe as much as 30 to 40 percent of losses. Mm -hmm. I'm also hearing credit card defaults are going up because interest rates are rising, And, of course, we're all hearing about bear market bounces and predictions that we're going to test the lows of June. And, you know, all of this is unsteadying, nerve-wracking, sleep-wrecking sort of news. (laughs) And I'm sure your phone's been ringing off the hook. So what are you hearing from your clients? And what are you telling them that you can also tell us uh, that's going to help us sleep a little better? Well, the first thing I would say, as much as possible, and don't want to be insensitive anyone. We don't want to get emotional about some of these things. And I get it. You know, it's it's tough. We see these things these what have happened on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And really, it comes back to um, longer term. So I think there's an uh, an opportunity here maybe to take a look at our plan and say, what do we have? You know, do we understand what we have in our investments? You know, we can't control inflation, certainly. And I think the Fed, you know, their mandate is not the stock market. They're, they have a two-pronged mandate, which is, you know, uh, inflation and uh, stable prices and so on with the unemployment, I'm sorry. And so the stock market is not. So if Powell and the Fed continues to raise rates, now some way to argue, well, they're still going to look at the market. Well, technically, again, that is not one of their 
mandates. It does so feel can... like it's part of it, though, doesn't it? Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> just I mean, as a disinterested observer who has stuff, so I guess I'm not this. <laughs> well, let's put it this: way. You're, it's funny, yeah. It's it's not supposed to be. So yeah. if they st- so it may be in there somewhere in the back of their minds where hey we got to worry a little bit about the market. But as it stands, it sounds like at least you know the words that have come from them. Hey, look, we're going seventy five basis points, seventy five basis points, and you know there's a lot of headwinds that we're dealing with. I would just say in general, you know, for example, it, you know, if you um, depending on what, again what your portfolios, there's certain sectors in the market. You know, there's been two that are up to date: energy and utilities. You know, consumer staples, healthcare. These are more defensive strategies. Does it make sense to have some some weighting there? Uh, in addition to that, on your fixed investments, I, you know, I don't want to say this is good news, mm-hmm. but for the people that have been punished for years and years and years, quite frankly, uh, the savers and those that have fixed incomes, which has been difficult, is you know you're not getting any interest. You know, the the two year was over three point six. I think we hit three point seven at one percent. So there's opportunities either in the fixed side, fixed annuities. You can get two year and three years that are paying three four percent. Again, I'm saying on the fixed side, not on your growth piece. But there's things that we can do again, not overreacting, not making big changes. We still have to keep our goals and our perspective in, 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 uh, as far as it relates to our plan in focus as much as possible. Again, I, I believe me, I get it. This is tough. You've worked hard and you've grown these assets. But I would say there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to get a little more defensive in the portfolios, um, keeping your core there, but doing some things on the periphery and, um, and some making some minor adjustments as much as you can to deal with what's going on, because I think we're going to be slogging through this for a while. So I want to talk about sort of a defensive portfolio, which like anybody would say the 60-40, which has been yeah. one of the most popular for long-term investors. There's some concern about whether that's actually going to work going forward <laughs> because it's had a really horrible year. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But the you know in the next you know minute or two just i just want to focus for a moment on this kind of you know big picture because you know as things are choppy and you know we keep hearing people talk about recession and we talk about testing market lows of june and we're not we're still in kind of a bear market right i mean we're still down mm-hmm. 19 20 22 23% across the board for all the different indices how do you judge, you know, what you're supposed to be doing if you're in a shorter term cycle? Well, again, it's really taking a step back, having a longer term perspective. I may have quoted him before, Eugene Fama, which is the University of Chicago professor and Nobel Prize winner who said, you know, your investments are like a bar of soap. The more you handle them, the smaller they get. So you want to be a little careful with what you own is that's what I said we don't want to overreact to this now it's been a little difficult to your point Elise on the 60 40 Mm. if you look back there's typically a low correlation right uh, between bonds and and stocks in fact historically there has been you go back to 2008 you can go back to any of these down years um, you know and the, the bonds were positive in those years you were up well, now the aggregate bond index if you own that 40% in bonds you could be down 10 or 12% yeah, on the fixed side, on this protected piece, right? So we're it's it's this. Uh, someone's referred to it as the correlation conundrum. So that's why I'm saying on that fixed piece, you may want to look at saying, look, I'm I, I don't I don't want to have this interest rate risk. So I'm just going to buy some shorter term. There's exchange traded funds, short term debt exchange traded funds. You can buy 
as I mentioned earlier, fixed annuities or CDs are still not quite there. But things where you're going to say, look, I'm okay with getting 3% the next two years or 3.5% because I know I'm not going to lose any principal. These are things that we can maybe look at in our portfolio. Interesting. All right. Well, when we come back, we have to take a short break, as we usually do this time. But I want to talk about this, you know, the whole concept of 60-40 and how that portfolio can maybe change or alter over time. I, th- I think it's important to, to sort of talk mm-hmm. about years when it's, you know, a poorer performance, poorer, and what overtime actually means. So we'll talk about all of that. Stay with us. 630-934-1855. Go to alphawealthgroup.com and you're listening to 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back everybody to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino of Alpha Wealth Group and you can call Tom uh, 630-934-1855 or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com and leave us a message or leave him a message or somebody a message. Somebody will get back to you. Yes. Tom typically does that. Um, so, and I'm sure, Tom, this week you spent a lot of time getting back to people. <laughs> I can just yeah. imagine that you had a few messages in the inbox. Anyway... I want to go back to something we were talking about before the break. The 60-40 portfolio, mm-hmm. 60% equity, 40% bonds has been really one of the most popular strategies for long-term investors, but it's not doing very well right now. And in fact, according to Bank of America, um, some research that they did shows that the 60% stocks and 40% bonds is on pace for its, wait for it, worst year since 1936. Mm-hmm. That's really saying something. And yet, J.P. Morgan, uh, their research shows that 60-40 will prevail over time. So here's the question for this part of the show. What does overtime actually mean? How long do you wait with a strategy before deciding, you know what, this isn't working, I better switch? And what do you do when you're sort of nearing retirement, you know, which is the time when people are saying, oh, you're supposed to switch out of more equities and into, you know, more fixed income? How do you kind of think through it? You know, that's a great question because long term obviously means different things to different people depending on where you're at, where you're at in life, right? Mm. Um, and that's really important. Uh, so for those people you made the comment, at least nearing or in retirement, that's where it gets a little more critical. Um, you know, obviously we talked about this in the past too. If, you know, if you're 25, 35, 40, this is, you're, you're still plowing money into your 401ks and so on. You're actually buying on these dips and buying. That's, that mitigates any of this risk over time. But when you're getting near retirement and now you have to pull money out, the last thing you want to do is pull money out of a, uh, trough, right? You know, and so for those certainly in retirement, if you're relying Wait, but on- do we know this is the trough? That's the question, uh, right? <laughs> No, we don't. That nobody knows. That's the that's the real answer. Right. You know, it always. You know, it's it's when you buy it, whether you buy a stock or whether you're looking at the whole market or whatever or a sector. It always really comes back to nobody knows for sure. But you want to be informed and make as good as it's a probability. What is the upside versus the downside? You know, and so you're you're making a as solid an estimate of, as you can, but. So we'll see. I, again, I think we're going to be, it's going to be some, um, slow moving here, especially with the Fed. And then we have the issues with, um, I mean, we can, ha- we have a number of headwinds, I guess I would say. But as it relates to your portfolio, I would say step one is, um, 
you know, understand what you own. I think done all too often, you know, we talk about it all the time, at least financial organization, whether it's not just knowing all of your pieces of your plan, whether it's the life insurance and the investments and all those things, but also um, getting taking a little deeper dive into, okay, what do I own, right? Yeah. On a day like today um, or over time, you know, where what sectors are you in? How much do you have in equities versus uh, stock? Uh, um, I'm sorry, equities versus fixed. What type of fix do you own? That's what I would say. Everybody, if there's one takeaway from today, take a look at your investments and try. To, there's there's um, a lot of software programs out there. If you have an advisor, ask them. Say, please give me a, um, a breakdown of what I own and where I'm at, so you you know what you have. The other thing too is I would say in addition to that is and we've talked about this before too is having a strong income plan, right? When I talk about income, and so when things like this in the market are occurring, you know, what do you have coming in regardless of what's happening in the market, regardless of what you have in investments? And so that's another thing to take a look at in your plan, right? If you have Social Security, if you have pensions, those checks come in no matter what. doesn't matter what's happening in the market. You know, annuities are another example. You can use those to create income throughout your lifetime. These are called protected lifetime income. So that's another piece of the plan that you can marry up to this to help a little bit as part of, you know, separate from the investment plan, you have an income plan too. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's all valuable. You know, it hurts though when you look at the Bank of America research and it shows that the 60/40 portfolio is down almost 20% year to date mm-hmm. and it's on track for as I said earlier, the worst year since 1936. If you look at just investing in either um, in NASDAQ, for example, if you're investing in sort of the NASDAQ composite, yeah. um, that's down 25% year-to-date, uh, almost 25%, uh, and one-year change is down almost 22%. Mm-hmm. And and so you've got to, I think, also put this in perspective. Like, sometimes there's no place to hide, mm-hmm. right? Some place it just... You know, you, you're lucky not to lose 25 percent, only right. lose 22 percent, and until you sell, you're not losing anything. But that perspective, I think, is hard for people to manage, right? I mean, it's why we hire people like you because it's so hard to kind of do that stepping back. I agree. You know, I don't mean to be trite about this, Lisa, but you know, it's it's having. That's why it's so important to um, have an investment plan, understand that plan, and be able to stick to it. Yes, there's going to be times, you know, there's the, the, the phrase, I guess, you know, your, your price of admission is risk when you want to be, when you want to have some growth. I wish there were investments out there that, you know, you knew you'd get a guaranteed rate of return with that was, you know, commensurate with the market on the upside with no risk, you know, but that just doesn't exist. So we have to be under, like you said, understand, okay, yes, there's going to be some risk. There's going to be some volatility, but then also what am I comfortable with and then create a plan that can try to be as much in, in, in concert with our risk tolerance and our investment objective. That is so important. And I think, you know, just like in anything, when we have uncertainty in what our investments are, uncertainty in our investment plan, you know, that's, that's not a good place to be when we have this uncertainty in the market. So that would be, as I said, as much as possible. There's no perfect plan, but understand what you own. Try to create some of these, uh, you know, have some of these things in your plan if, if, you're, if you are risk-averse. There's ways to try to mitigate that. You know, right now, like you talked about the 60-40, there's fixed. There's some uncorrelated assets you can own in the market. There's some fixed assets that you can own in the market that will try to minimize some of the risk in that portfolio. And you know, Tom, I think there's also value in controlling what you can control. 
Yes. Right? So what can you control when the stock market is out of bounds? You can control what you spend on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. And I get that, you know, some people are living on a bare budget, but if you've got credit card debt, you know, and interest rates are rising, it's rising on that debt, that's going to cost you more money, work on paying that down. You know, don't worry so much about paying down your mortgage, which is at a fixed interest rate, when you can be focused on paying down the things that are at a variable interest rate. So if you're income generating plan right, or your stock market mm-hmm. investments aren't doing well turn the focus elsewhere you know f- expenses and and then the other thing you can do is focus on making a little bit more money if you've got an opportunity to take a part-time job even if you're mm-hmm. in retirement or you can temporarily take a second job this is a time to augment income in other ways and that can really be helpful mm-hmm. because if you bring in another ten thousand dollars i'm fairly certain it's going to offset anything that you're missing from the market. So message for today, from my point of view, is control what you can control and don't worry about all the other stuff that you can't because over time, and I know we didn't give you an official definition of what over time is because we're hedging because we have compliance people who want to listen to the show. Um, But over time, you know, whether that for you is five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, this stuff will balance out. But in the meantime, Work on what you can do. Bring in the income you can. Cut back on your spending. Um, you know, live a little bit more simply, and and it'll all work out. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, as you said, control what you can. I saw uh, one of these. First of all, we're going to get through this. Number one, let's just let's just all agree on that. Yep. Um, but it's, I think we talked about this before. It was um, you know her? The ben, uh, her last name is Ben. She works for uh, Morningstar, right? Christine. Oh, ben. Christine Benz. Yes, Absolutely, you know <laughs> she's a good friend. <laughs> And she made that great, uh, I, I thought it was a great idea. There was a number of ideas, but one was, hey, maybe you work a little longer, but instead of saving maybe, you know, because you have the income, you're not going to tap your savings, but treat it kind of as a, this hybrid work where you're going to take vacations every week, or, well, not every weekend, but more often you're going to, you know, spend some money and enjoy some stuff. And, and that maybe makes it a little better. It's kind of like you're kind of semi-retired, you're still working, but you're enjoying life a little bit more. Uh, but you're also not drawing down your savings. So there's some ideas there that maybe work out where there's a compromise. Yeah, I think that's a a great point because, you know, if you're thinking that you're going to have X number of years that you have to cover, just simply cutting that back a year or two makes a big difference in Mm -hmm. what you can spend and how you can kind of get all that going. And no, I agree completely. There's just, there are things that you can do that take your focus away from this. So figure it out, you know, figure out, Mm -hmm. are you going to work a little bit longer or sort of live this kind of half uh, lifestyle of, you know, enjoying yourself a little more while you're still working part-time? Are you going to focus on what you're spending? Those are really good ways to get through a, an unsteady time. And I guess the answer, what we're really telling you to do is turn off CNBC, step away (laughs) from your computer and go out and enjoy the rest of the summer. And with that, we're out of time. So if you want to reach Tom, he will call you back. Uh, leave him a message, 630-934-1855. Go to alphawealthgroup.com. If you're trying to reach me, Twitter, Facebook, bestmoneymoves.com, thinklink.com. Sign up for my newsletter. Tom and I are around. We're here to help. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And until next time, here's to your wealth on 720 WGN.
Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois.